Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another Antler and Feather Co. podcast, the podcast for new and adult onset hunters and all the rest of you hunters. Belly on up. We got a good episode this week. My name is Vince. I'm your host. And on this show, I, an inexperienced newer hunter, bring people on who know a whole heck of a lot more about hunting than I do. And as I ask them questions and I start learning new things, I just want to pass them right along to you guys. This week is going to be a total archery challenge takeover. I'm super excited for this week's guest. Basically, what I want to do here is give you a guide from start to finish on what the whole process to get to total archery challenge looks like. We're going to cover registrations. We're going to cover training and we're going to cover what to expect when you do finally get on the mountain. So stay tuned for that real quick. I want to tell you guys, thank you for checking out the website antlerfeatherco.com everyone who's gone on there checked it out bought gear thank you for that that helps support this show it helps support antler and featherco and i could not be more appreciative of that i want to tell you guys about a couple of the friends of the show real quick our grounds coffee co the official coffee of the antler and featherco podcast i drink it all the time it keeps me fueled my favorite is roast develop the medium they've got a light roast coming out and then they've got muley mayhem as their dark roast all great coffees They're just launching. By the time you hear this, they will have launched um, some merch. So check them out. Use code AFCO, all caps, on their website. That's going to get you 15% off your coffee order. Secondly, Buzzard Roost Saddles. I'm going to make this one short and sweet because you guys hear it every week. They're the most comfortable saddle you're going to find. Totally adjustable. They are just great. Made in America. Now's the time to pick one up. You want to practice in the off-season in a saddle if you've never used one. Now's the time to get one. Go over to their website, use code AAFP10. That's going to get you 10% off your own saddle. And finally, Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge just kicks ass. They are the best mapping deer movement prediction app on the market, period. There's no question. If you guys want to try it out for free, go ahead and do that when you want to bump up to the full subscription. Use code all caps AFCO. That'll get you 20% off your full subscription to Spartan Forge. All right, so like I said, this week we are going to do all things Total Archery Challenge. I want to get you guys prepared. I want to talk about the ins and outs of Total Archery Challenge. If you've never done one, this is the greatest 3D event you could possibly do. There is a lot of hiking. There is a lot of crazy shots, but it is the best time I've ever had with a bow in my hand. Um, I got to meet a ton of great people. The whole event is just, it's fun the whole way through, but... You do need to be prepared for it. So I want to put together this thing to kind of give you guys a heads up on what to expect, what you can be doing in the meantime, um, and let's get you all prepared to go have the best time you've ever had with a bow. I couldn't think of a better person to possibly talk to than who we got this week. I reached out to Total Archery Challenge and I was like, hey, I want to do a show on tack. Would you guys like to do it? Well, I ended up getting an email back from Sean DeGray, who just happens to be the guy that started it all. So I can't be more appreciative of Sean's time. I'm excited for this episode. So help me welcome to the show, Sean DeGray from Total Archery Challenge. Sean, how are we doing today? Doing good and happy to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, I I really appreciate this because this is Total Archery Challenge is, is like the biggest event for a lot of us over the summer. We have turkey hunting, which, you know, is my passion, but I got to be honest, like Total Archery Challenge rivals it because they're both you know, kind of similar in time frame, and I I tend to find myself training more for tack than I do turkey. I'm out there <laughs> training for tack with my mouth calling, yelping. My neighbors are wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> Haven't That's had the awesome. cops called yet, but well, I mean, if you're training for tack, then you're also training for turkey anyway. Yeah, there you go. So I yeah I last year was my first year attack. It was just the most fun I've ever had with a bow, like by far. Um, there's, for those of you who may not know what it is, I mean, it, it's, it is the most fun 3D event you're going to find anywhere. Um, not just the, the actual shoot, but the whole, just the environment. It's just, there's the vendor village, which is just awesome. You get to see a bunch of stuff. Um, they have a bunch of really cool novelty shots. It's just so much fun. I actually met John Dudley last year and it was kind of, my buddies, when we saw John, I was like, guys, we got to go meet him. And they were kind of like, eh, you know, they didn't want to be, they're being macho men about it. I'm like, look, I know how to shoot a bow because of John. So I got to go talk to the guy. <laughs> and, yeah. But it's just, it provides so many cool opportunities like that. Um, 
Well, I appreciate that. What event did you do? So we did Michigan last year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, not just the event I, I met, I ended up running into people that I didn't know, um, that also ran into another guy they didn't know. And all of us went out to dinner that night and we nice. have kept in touch ever since we, we were texting. That's I was texting those guys this week saying, Hey, shoot me your questions. If you want me to ask, cause who, who better to ask? So, yeah. But yeah, man, yeah. I appreciate That's it. Awesome. I'm really, I'm really excited to get in on this. Um, I'm going to say a quick prayer and then we'll just hop right in. And we're basically guys, we're going to try to give you a guide from start to finish, um, of what you should be looking for, what to do, how to prepare, and then what you're going to experience once you do get out on the mountain. So perfect Lord Jesus. Um, I, I thank you. I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. The only reason that we're able to have things like total archery challenge, like hunting, like all the things that we enjoy, um, instead of just living in a horrible world, damned to hell with no future is because you decided that you wanted to come down and you wanted to save your people. Um, you, you died on that cross for us. You took our nails, you took our punishment, um, simply because you love us. And I, I thank you for that. Um, I thank you for Sean. Uh, he's especially right now. I know he's just busy as all get out. And, um, I'm so thankful for him to take time to talk to me about total archery challenge. And I just ask that you would be with us. You'd be over this conversation. Um, may you use this podcast to reach as many people as you can first and foremost. And then, uh, you know, if we can get some education, some fun out of this podcast after that, that's what we're after. So thank you, Jesus. We love you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. So the big question to start it out, I think a lot of people, um, if they have done attack before and if they haven't, but especially if they have, are there any big changes attack this year? Um, specifically in the registration process. Uh, I know a lot of people last year were trying to use TAC pass and things like that. Um, what's new this year for TAC? So <clears throat> we'll start with registration because that's always the biggest pain. Um, I think one of the things people need to understand is we, we obviously don't have the supply for the demand of our event because we limit how many people can attend. Right. And we limit how many people can attend so that it maintains the uh, ability to be a really fun event. You're not, you're still going to have lines, but you're not going to have the lines we had before implementing this, um, our knock times and things like that. Uh, tack pass, we tried it. Uh, it, it did not work the way we thought it was going to, um, and we're not confident we're, we have the ability to get it there even now, uh, to what the, the idea is sound of what we were trying to do, but we can't mm -hmm. get it work to work with the company where we were with at that point building it. Um, so we are changing it a little bit. <clears throat> the registration side of it is pretty complicated. I don't pretend to understand all of it, <laughs> but with the system we're using, uh, the last few years, it works. We just have to, the, what's happening to people, what makes it so frustrating is you go in, register, and you've got thousands of people trying to grab those few spots in the morning. So right. you get to the end to check out and those spots are sold right before you get there. So you got to start over and then that cycle continues and it's very frustrating. So what we're going to do this year is we're going to put a throttle on it. Basically there's a gatekeeper and you'll go in to register, put in your phone number. If you want to text email, if you want an email and it puts you in a digital line and then it's going to text or email you when your turn is up. So if your turn's up, click on the link, puts you in line. You're still going to have people in the store with you. You're not doing it individually. We could never do that. It'd take too long. Right. But instead of it being a few thousand people competing for those spots, now you're talking maybe a hundred. Okay. And so your ability to get through the line without, um, having to redo it constantly, this should help because you're not competing. Now I will say because of that, when you get in now, you're going to see all these spaces that were available in the past. 
maybe you were the lucky one that got your uh, ticket closed out before they sold. But the way this is going to work now is there's a hundred people in there competing for those spots. They're sold as one, as those guys check out more, another group comes in. And the way that's done is the first to submit when we open registration is going to be the first in line, mm -hmm. sort of the first hundred in line. We're going to start with a hundred people at a time and then we'll scale that up or down based on how that's moving. Now we're hoping to, um, launch. You're the only one that knows this so far. I don't know when you're launching this podcast, but, uh, we're going to put out a podcast ourselves specifically about this and spend some time on it, but we're going to do a mock registration. Okay. And what I mean by mock registration is we're going to set up a registration for an event and we want everyone to participate. We're still going to only have the, um, uh, allotted amount of tickets in those up to 1230. Uh, so what I mean is just like you were registering for any event, Michigan, for example, we'll have it set up just like that. That's what will be available. But at one o'clock, it won't sell out in the mock registration in real in for a real event. It would. Right. And the purpose for that is we're going to give away a whole bunch of stuff. I think the one people get most excited about will be we'll give away three day passes, multiple nice. three day passes at every event. So, um, we'll find out what event and then we'll give them away at every single event. And you're guaranteed that we're going to set aside some early morning spots specifically for that. And the reason is, is we need as many people to participate as we possibly can get so that we can understand how this goes. So far, it looks good. Testing is happening right now. I'm hoping this mock registration happens in a couple weeks. Okay. So, um, but the point of it is for one, you, for example, you're going to be able to go on this mock registration, do it, and then be comfortable knowing what's coming. Right. So you kind of understand it. That'll help a little bit, but also we can test it for real in case there's a breakdown, um, where last year, if you did Oklahoma, Tennessee, or Texas there, when we tried TAC pass in that registration system, the digital testing they do to test load. I don't know how it works. This is, they somehow can test load without having live people on it. So I'm told. <laughs> so they do this and everything checks out. We open it, boom, crashes in no time. Yeah. And so we fought that battle for those first three. So this is to help us understand on a live test load to see if there's anything. That, basically, we want to see if we can break it. Right. And if we can't. The system itself will be the same like you've always had. The difference will be we're leaving a digital gate at the front and only allowing X amount of people in the store at a time. I mean, I think part of what makes it so special is the feeling of I got in, you know, and that's it's unfortunate. Like, obviously, you guys, if you could, you would let everybody shoot. But Absolutely. just, I mean, given the, given the time frame, the, the space, things like that, that was one of the really great experiences for me, uh, last year was, uh, like you talked about, you're not waiting in line. Like there's some events, like, uh, I used to run a lot and you would do like those outdoor warrior channel. I don't remember what they were called, but it would be like a 10 mile race, but it would take you all day because you would run half a mile and you'd sit for 45 minutes in line. Whereas yeah. total archery challenge, it's very fluid. We went just, yeah. you know, we went from target to target to target and the experience is just great all around. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's part of the fun of it, guys. It's part of total archery challenge. You got, we, yeah, we got to fight to the death. <laughs> yeah. It, and, and it, it, you know, a lot, of, we got a lot of, we get beat up every year in registration. And the yeah. bottom line is, it's like, look, some of these guys say things where you're let, where they just assume that we try to do that. We're trying to make it hard. Yeah. The bottom line is, is it sells out. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And so we're trying to find ways to make it easier to where, for example, if you come in and, and you see that it's sold out, then you're done. You either want the later ones or you're like, I'm out of here. And you spent 10 minutes. Right. That's kind of why we're like, okay, listen, instead of doing the queue, where they're going to sit at their computer and it might take 10 minutes to get in or 15, right? 
let's not waste their time. Let's just, when it's their turn, we're going to send them a notification that says, hey, it's your turn. Click this link. And then they can get in and they're not, there's no, because what if you leave your computer? That's why I want to do text or email because then you get a notification either way so you can get on and register. You're still going to be competing for spots. You're just not going to have that. I tried to get on 37 different ways and every time <laughs> I went to check out, it was sold out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, it, that could still happen theoretically, but it'll slow it way down. And it yeah. helps us too. I mean, we, you know, because of this, we've got a, we've got a lot of work in trying to, trying to help people out and get them all their groups together. So they're shooting at the same time or, or whatever. So this will help in that regard also. Um, but that's the, that's the big deal behind the mock registration is let's do this. Get as, I hope we have 10,000 people that get on this thing uh, and try to register so that we can get some real experience in how this works. How long did it take? You know, did a guy sit in line digitally, if you will, for an hour or was right. it just 30 minutes, whatever. So right. that's what we have. Those are the things why we need to test it. But then again, now you're comfortable with the new system on yeah. how that's going to work. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, that is a big frustration or a big, you know, when you already know an yeah. event's like it's going to sell out and you don't know what's what behind this next click on this page. <laughs> you don't know where to go from yeah. there and everyone's scrambling. So, yeah, I think that's a great exactly. idea. And I don't think you're going to have any shortage of people helping out with that mock one. I mean, yeah, the tech community is pretty tight. <laughs> it is. And the more, the merrier. I mean, we need everybody's help to make this work as clean as it can be. I mean, even, uh, I don't know if you saw that, Taylor Swift did a concert or launched her tour. Uh, I think it was with Ticketmaster. And then... They had shut. It was it was a disaster, right? They had a bunch <laughs> of issues with supply and demand and how yeah. this system didn't work. And then tickets got outrageous in pricing and all these different things. And so that's why, um, again, it's we have not been able to figure out a perfect system for this. I don't think it necessarily exists. The only way to make this work for everyone is we need more courses, more space yeah. so that everybody can come. That's yeah. really the only solution in my mind. And some of the areas we're going to expand and some of them we've got as much room as we can. And, and so we're looking at other options to, to grow it in, an, in other ways. And uh, we'll see, I don't know. So on that, on that note, where, uh, where are you guys going to be found this year what all, are there any new cities added or any expansions on anything previously so as of right now we're not adding any new locations we're working on some new locations yes but i don't know if they'll make it for 2023 um the uh but there are a couple locations that we're going through the approval process on that we hope i was hoping to add this year but it looks like it's more than likely going to be next year and uh, so right now, I mean, since I don't have, I never announce unless I have a signature. So we're not right. going to announce those, but we are planning on adding a few um, in some areas that there's been good, like people have been asking, hey, can you get something here? Right. And so we are looking in those areas and trying to get there. Good deal. So one question I had that was... Uh... Last year, and I don't know if this was just last year, because I remember somebody saying that it was a special thing. If you do get a knock time um, in the morning or you get done with a course, does the course open up after the last knock time for people to shoot a second course? How, how does that work? Correct. So it doesn't open up to shooters that weren't registered. We just don't open Correct. it up to right. new shooters. But if you had a knock time on uh, the Sitka course and, uh, you go through the motions, you go shoot when you come back down, then at one o'clock it opens back up the mountain does to go shoot whatever course you want. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So you can, the earlier, the better people, we've gotten a few people, not a ton, more people say they'd pay more money to go early and get in early, but we have a few people complain that they have to pay more to go early. And in the end, it's like, you want front row seats or not. <laughs> right. And yeah. 
And so that's kind of how we're doing it because there are some things changing. As everybody knows, prices are going up across the board everywhere. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to minimize that on our end. And so doing that last year helps subsidize those cost increase that we're feeling without hitting a bunch of people that might push them completely out of the event. So right. we're trying to we're trying to keep guys that still want to do the event but can't afford maybe that little bit of increase, yeah. which is totally fine. And so we've put that on the front end because there's enough guys that say, yeah, I'll pay extra to go for it. Oh, heck yeah. So now we don't have to increase everybody's price because some people are kind of at their limit of what the cost is. Yeah. And so we just try to maintain that, make it so we can have everybody. The guy that can afford it, great. The guy yeah. that can't, hey, we're still going to keep the price the same as it has been. Right. So well, there's no price increase this year either. Good deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it makes it makes total sense too because if you if you look at it, like you said, not only it's the, yeah, do you want front row seats or not, but you also, I mean, if you're shooting early on in the day, you, you have a pretty good chance that you're going to get to shoot that second course um, so yeah, I, I don't think, like I said, it, for somebody who maybe this is their first one, they might not understand that. But for someone who's shot one before paying that extra on the front end, like sign me up, I don't care. Like, because I know what the experience brings, it's worth every penny that you're going to pay. Like you're not going to be disappointed by, <laughs> by paying an extra X amount of dollars for it. Cause it's not like right. you guys are charging an extra $300 to to have an no, I think sign. I think if you wanted the early morning, I think you're ten dollars a day. Yeah, is yeah. where I think it's at. So it, we didn't go crazy. We just we just tried to figure out, hey, because some of these prices have gone crazy. So how do we adjust this without affecting a bunch of the sh people that have been shooting with us for years? Right. And uh, and that that was our solution. Yeah. Right or wrong, we're sticking with it. Yeah. No, I think you guys yeah. got it right for sure. And, you know, like with the registration, everything else, you know, if Taylor Swift has issues, guys, tax even bigger than Taylor Swift. So obviously tax <laughs> tax yeah. going to have yeah. a couple. <laughs> we need to but, charge her prices. No, yeah, right. No, that, so, that's. But my point, all my point was, is that that came up um, and and it was a, another issue of just the, the site being hammered. Now, granted, I think some of that looking into it, there was some bots buying tickets. So, you know, oh. so they could resell them at a crazy amount. Yeah. Uh, it's not supposed to be that way with that ticketing system. They're supposed to be able to have security against that. But anyway, the point is, is we're not the only ones having issues. People who are far bigger than us and have way more tickets available also have issues. Yeah. Um, and it just comes down to, Hey, we're limiting who can be there. Yeah. Um, just based on what the venue allows. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys running into, like, I hope not, but have you guys ran into any, is, is there any venues that are still being weird about COVID and stuff? I know, uh, you know, the world's trying to ramp that back up. Like we're going into wave number two or 400, whichever one it is, but are yeah. you guys pretty clear on the COVID front? So far, I haven't yeah. heard any whisperings of things different. Um, and, uh, so I'm crossing my fingers cause I don't want to go through that again either. Just yeah. like the rest of you, it was <laughs> painful, but, uh, no, so far everyone we're working with, it seems like we're in good shape. I haven't heard anything on, Hey, we may have to do this or that. So good let's deal. hope we, we keep it that way. So without giving up your, your, um, secret recipe, I'm just curious from, from a person who shoots total archery challenge, um, everyone who's shot one before, or you've seen the pictures of, you know, 200 arrows stuck in a tree, you know, you've seen some of the crazy angles, things like that. How do you guys set a course up? I mean, is it, do you kind of have a map in your head and it kind of fits into an area or do you guys set each course up like specific to that particular location? Well, we do map it out in a general area so we can make sure things fit and we have to stay within uh, certain parameters so that all of our courses fit and we can maintain some safety. Uh, and then outside of that, we'll have our general flow of traffic and then we just go and we are really choosing these shots 
we know what we need to do for each course. So we choose these as we're going down the mountain. Um, you know, I mean, well, you'll notice on some of those shots where you're like, you just happen to trail happens to go in the right spot and you have an awesome shot through the V in the tree or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and so the, our group's really good at, at picking that stuff out and recognizing it. Oh, that'd be a really fun shot. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really it. Now we have specifically set up some shots that are things that we ourselves have encountered. Not, maybe not just me, but they've been like, Oh dude, this was just like whatever shot. And so we'll set that up just for fun to do that. Um, but it really comes down to once we have our flow of traffic designed, then we just start hiking and, and try to pick what we would think's the best shot. I mean, there's times when we'll come down and we'll be setting the course and then we'll run into this scenario that if we pull two targets up the hill to reroute just so we can hit this really, really cool shot, then we'll do that. It's not just go in and slam them out and be done. Like we, we do try to put some thought into it to make it as fun as we can. Yeah. And that, I I mean, it's very evident. There was nothing that they're all so challenging and it's, it's great for, I mean, if you're a hunter, because it allows you to kind of explore and I know you've gotten this before and I, I don't think anyone who's shot it feels this way, but it allows you to explore that line of like your capabilities and what an ethical shot might really yes. look like in the real world. Um, and it allows you, and I, I, I don't want to say it this way, but there are shots that are set up that you just, you're not, probably not going to take. You're a hundred percent correct. But when you do hit that shot, it, I mean, for me as a hunter, when I actually go into the deer woods this year, my confidence level was through the roof. Um, and it wasn't just because I practiced at long ranges, like at the normal archery range, being able to go shoot those situations that you guys have set up. I mean, it really does a great job of mimicking. Like there are some shots that are just plain fun, but there's a lot of it where it, it really mimics real life scenarios in a very difficult way to, to challenge you. And if you're with the right group of guys, it allows that not a full blown, like buck steps out adrenaline dump, but you know how it is. You get with a good group of guys. They're talking crap the whole time. Like you're nervous, (laughs) you know, it allows you to shoot nervous and shoot under a little bit of distress. Um, so just real quick, not to go too far off topic. How do you, when you get on the, the arrow eating trees, how do you get the arrows out of them? There's hundreds of them. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) I wish I had a picture. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. Yeah. Uh, it depends on the venue, but we've brought some of those trees home. I have oh, one really? from Park City. It's in our office. I was actually going to see if I could set up to talk to you down there just because it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, uh, but we talked to the, it was, this was on private property and I showed a picture to the landowner. I said, Hey, do you mind if I cut this tree down? He's like, no, absolutely. Have at it. So we cut the tree down and took that. And now that's sitting behind my desk in uh, our office over at our warehouse. And it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. So outside of that, we've, we've taken a few of those. Some of the landowners let us, and then the others, we just go in and if they don't pull out then we'll break them off. Yeah. I wonder what, I wonder what your most expensive tree is. Cause when I, I luckily last year, I, I made it through all of knock on with the same arrow, which I was nice. shocked. Um, yeah, that was a fun course. Oh actually. man, it was a blast. But uh, yeah, you go up to those trees, and it's not like it's not like they're full of Walmart arrows. I mean, <laughs> I wonder if you were to calculate what your most expensive arrow eating tree is when you, because I mean, a lot of guys like myself, I I shoot my hunting setup just so I'm right. I, you know, I don't so like know. to, I don't like to deviate to, you know, 3d arrows back to hunting arrows and deal with tinkering with my bow back and forth. I want to know. Yeah. I want to test my gear, test my, my rig, make sure it works out. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's gotta be thousands of dollars in those trees. I, I, I don't know. I think I'd have to ask the guys, but I still think the tree that is in our office might have the most arrows in it we've ever had. Really? Yeah. And I've never counted them but there's a bunch. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, which is why I was like, man, this, this would look really cool in the office. Oh yeah. That's why we took it. But, um, 
but there have been a few trees that, especially if, <clears throat> if you're not familiar with the arc of your arrow and you know, you need to kneel down and some of our shots are meant for you to kneel down. Yeah. And that's the only way you may clear that, uh, short of, you know, some of the slower bows, but, uh, we try to do it with an average. I'd say I'm probably, my bow is probably average or less than average because I'm short, short draw length. Yeah. But uh, anyway, they're meant for that. So if a guy's standing there and lets it rip, he's going to nail that tree because you're only <laughs> coming under an inch or two. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, there's, every venue has one for sure. Yeah. So, but that's it. We don't. We take the ones that we can. We have a really cool one from Tennessee uh, that's in our warehouse. So they're cool decorations. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's always. It's an expensive I, piece of artwork. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, you don't you don't have to pay for, for some of it. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah, those are always some of the coolest pictures that come out of, you know, tax season is seeing seeing those trees and just people get real creative with their, you know, their photography on them and. It's oh, really yeah. cool. So what do it you recommend cool. now? Because tax has been around since, what, 12, 2012? Yeah, so this is our 11th year in business. Awesome. Over the years, um, what have you seen that is kind of a, a good way for somebody to train for tack? What are some of your recommendations? Well, I think first and foremost, it's going to be, you know, you'll want to come prepped to shoot long distance if you want to take advantage of that opportunity that's that's at total archery challenge uh so that's that'd be the first one when we first started this thing and we were back east say michigan or pennsylvania mm -hmm. um you know guys are showing up with their rigs single pan 20 yards whatever mm. uh and you saw a shift immediately the following year and then those <laughs> three four years after going from that fixed site to an adjustable site yeah. And I mean, it was, it, it was all fixed and the very next year, it was a huge portion that switched over to the adjustable site setups. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so getting prepped to where you're shooting, uh, longer distance and at angles, angles is a big one. We do a lot yeah. of angles and, um, it changes your you know, if you're not bending at the hips, you're just raising or lowering an arm or whatever, that changes your impact because your anchor's a little off. Right. And so you're not holding it the same. So practicing for that will help you avoid some of those tree scenarios, maybe a rock, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we do do a lot of walking. Uh, and that's venue to venue is going to change on the difficulty of that. As you move further west, we're higher elevation. Uh, we have a lot of issues in, in uh, Utah and Montana and Colorado in the sense of uh, people dehydrate pretty good. Mm. Um, even if you're not sweating, the higher you're, you are uh, elevation-wise or altitude, then the more you need to hydrate. Yeah. And so just being ready physically on the hiking side yeah. um, and hiking in your boots or shoes that you plan on using, not just, I've gotten away with it with, uh, I'm a big fan of crispy boots. I've gotten away with it. Crisp, crispies right out of the box Yeah, and being able to hike. But those are things just, just getting to know your equipment and then being ready physically or understanding what you're going up against. Uh, cause some of these courses are, you're out there for hours, oh, yeah. hours and hours yeah. on your feet. So one one resource guys that I watched a lot last year and I'm sure you would recommend um I always tell you guys for archery advice or archery training whatever go check out John Dudley and John John's put a lot of great stuff out archery in general but specifically for tack um yes. that, that he's got a lot of good things and you know just going through his school of knock is good and stuff too but more of his he's going to give you kind of an idea of how to train at a, a level that we just can't get into on the show today, but that's a good resource to check out there. Um, it is. He did some videos specifically for us on, you know, just some quick, short, Hey, here's how you do uneven footing. Hey, if you're mm -hmm. shooting steep angles, Hey, if you're, you know, he had a bunch of different uh, videos with suggestions that you could prepare for on shots you'd encounter at, 
at an event. Yeah. And that was one big one that I had someone question me last year um, because I would draw straight and then I would adjust my hips and they're like, what are you doing? And yeah. I was trying to explain, well, you know, I'm, I'm setting up for the angle. You've got to, you know, draw anchor, get yourself, get yourself lined up and then adjust at your hips, you yes. know? And this was one thing I learned from John. You, you start dropping that shoulder, dropping the arm, raising it. Like you said, you may not really realize it, but your anchor is now moved, which means yep. that whatever you've been practicing flat, that that's not the same anymore. Um, yep. yeah. So that, and yeah, you don't, you know, in, in terms of the fitness thing, I wouldn't say you need to be intimidated. Um, no. if you're not, no. if you're not, you know, just a super crossfitter that's in great shape, but yeah, you, you do need to be trying to do some hiking and walking, hit some Hills ahead of time. Cause it, I'm in fairly decent shape and, and knock on in Michigan last year, it was a challenge. You get, you get halfway through it. And that's another thing to keep in mind guys is that is also going to affect how you're shooting when you are yes. getting that tired and you're like you said, shooting on uneven surfaces and from angles you're not familiar with that really, really aids in your, your form breakdown so do take some time to just get some general health and fitness, not just for tack. It's going to benefit your entire life. Right. But so moving on last year, my first one, I think one of the biggest searches I did over and over and over. And I listened to hundreds of people tell me what to bring. What are your must have items for total archery challenge? When you show up, obviously your bow and your arrows, what are other items that you really, really strongly recommend people bring with them? I think first and foremost, it's just good footwear. Your feet are everything. Mm -hmm. um, so because you're on your feet for a long time every day and you're hitting those steeper angles, you know, there's some downhill hiking, uphill hiking, rocky hiking, walking on grass. You know the drill. You've been yep. there. I mean, in Michigan, a lot of coming down sand, whatever. Yep. Uh, so footwear, I think, is equally as important as your bow and your arrows just because if a good pair of footwear, you can go along a long time or certainly a lot longer than something that starts to create hot spots or whatever. Right. So footwear would be number one. Um, we always recommend rain gear. Uh, we've been absolutely dumped on in every place we've been. <laughs> Yeah. And so rain gear is, in my opinion, is a must, unless you don't mind being wet, but, um, and then a backpack to carry your water and some snacks just to keep your blood sugar level where it needs to be or whatever, if you're getting weak. Um, but we always recommend backpack. Most people now, you know, you've got your backpack, it's carrying your arrows, mm -hmm. it's got your rain gear, it's got you some water, your snacks. And then you're getting your shoulders some training for when it's go time and you really do need that backpack to hunt. Right. Right. Yeah. And so obviously guys too, because you're taking long distance shots through God knows what it's everything, <laughs> but yeah. a good pair of binoculars I found, yes. I, I almost feel like you, you, you do need them. Even if you can't, I think if, you need them. Yeah, yeah. Even if you can't afford like, you know, the newest vortex bring something you're going to want a little assistance in that. Um, yeah. One thing that's different with TAC from a lot of the 3D shoots that I've done, uh, you guys do allow do allow range finders. Yeah, I mean, it's a non-competitive non shoot. So, yes, we allow range finders and strongly encourage it. Um, mm -hmm. And it, I have noticed, and most people have, that your range finder to your buddy's range finder, that may vary two or three yards yep. even. Yeah. And so, uh, it's always worth it to use your range finder that, that you, um, sighted in with so that, you know, your pens are reading with that range finder. Yeah. Uh, and then, but oh, going along with that, where we're non-competition, I'm just throwing this in there. If you are with a group of guys that love to shoot long distance, you're a beginner you're good to 50, 60 yards and your buddies are cranking them at 80 or 90 or a hundred. Well, you can shoot where your comfort level is. Yeah. So all we ask, you can't, you, we don't want you to extend the shots because that opens up some danger when 
new people are walking into the the shooting tar the cone that it could be a blind corner or whatever yeah but anywhere between the cone and the target as long as you don't go through a dip where you're hidden from the cone i we recommend you just scoot in and make it comfortable for you yeah so that you're not skipping targets or not getting to enjoy it the same way they do because you know you're shooting 90 and and uh your buddy's only shooting 50 right what was the what was the driver behind i mean a lot of a lot of courses you know they want to they want to have competitions they want to have professionals come shoot why was it important to you guys to make it just a non-competition fun shoot so when we started this um the talking to a lot of archers trying to decide how to do it. It, uh, there is a con there's a hundred competitions every weekend if you want to go compete. And so, um, we decided, well, we're not, we don't really care about that. There's plenty of those. Let's create something where a guy wants to compete with his buddies. Great. But we just want them to compete with themselves in the mountain on what they're able to accomplish. And let's set it up that way. Uh, it gets rid of a lot of that uh, intimidation factor if you're new to the archery world, um, if you're not competitive at all. So there's plenty of competition out there for those guys. And so we decided, well, we don't need it for what we're doing. We just need to make this fun. And here is the big question, and I'm sure you get this a lot. What is the magic number of exact arrows you need to bring to tack? And I know that I, <laughs> I know this is not answerable, but no, what is it's your? Because that depends on how good you are, I suppose. But we recommend. I tell everyone it doesn't. If someone asks me, I'm like, "Well, have you been shooting? Yes. You shoot good. Yeah. Oh, bring a dozen. Because you just it, here's the reason why. A lot of guys can do it with one, and some guys break five on one target. Yeah. <laughs> but what happens on these? And the reason, regardless of how good you are, bring a few extras. If a guy's shooting into a target. And his buddy shoots and it breaks his arrow and the tip gets left in there in the insert. Yeah. Walks off. You're the next guy that shoots. Maybe you hit that insert, breaks your tip. I don't know. But bring extra regardless of how good you are. And I think a dozen's a fair amount. How many did you bring? You did so, last year. What'd you bring? Yeah. I, I saw everywhere from guys who were like, I only need one. I have finished all of park city with one. And then you've got a guy who's like, I needed 33, but I only brought 24, you yeah. know, and it, it ranges. Yep. So I ended up bringing 12. Um, and like I was telling you beforehand, I made it, I ended up shooting knock on, um, RMEF and something else, but I ended up making it all through knock on, on one arrow, which I was pretty, I was stoked about. That was my one goal was to not lose all of my arrows. So the fact that I made it through knock-on, which, you know, is 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 knock-on considered the hardest or at least one of the hardest? It's one of the, I would say knock-on prime and Sitka are all right there about the same. Yeah. But the knock-on course there were uh, in Michigan at Crystal Mountain. Um, that was a fun one, and that had some difficult shots. Oh, my gosh, it did. And, it, yeah, so I made it through that one uh, unscathed. And I was like, look at me, you know, my other friends who, you know, have been shooting a little longer than me. Uh, you know, one hit a tree, the other one, they, they lost a few missed, yeah. missed the target on some of those real steep uphill shots. Uh, and then we went to the elk course and I made it halfway through. We we're going good. And I shot one of the elk real far forward. I don't know. It just, whatever I was tired and it yeah. hit the upright of the leg, that metal rebar in the leg. Yes. And so I was like, oh, I finally lost one. It, it, I fell apart after that. <laughs> it, the next one, I, it, I think it was on a mini elk, and I sailed it. I forgot to adjust my fast eddy. So I was 10 yards either – I think it was 10 yards under because um, I was still set from the last target. So I lost that under there, completely lost it, shot the next one, missed over its back, and hit a tree. And – it got to the point I was taking weight off my stabilizer. I was jacking around with my bow, which guys I do not recommend doing. Um, if you're, if shots are not going the way that they should be, it's, it's not your bow. It's you. You're just breaking down, <laughs> but it was right. a disaster after that. <laughs> I was, Dang. 
it was i was like trying to take my stabilizer off because i'm like i feel like my bow is pulling too far forward now i don't know what was going on but but yeah i i was comfortable with 12 i ended up leaving i think i think i came home with eight good arrows still nice. so nice yeah I, right. I don't yeah i you, you got some guys that are you know you need two dozen i think that's a little overkill i mean if if you're needing two dozen then i think you should probably just be more realistic on your ability at that yeah. point because you guys they're they're the, the shots are very challenging i'm not saying they're not but they're challenging to a point where if you are really training and you're confident in your shot you'll be able to shoot these courses and you may have some slip ups yep. here and there of unforeseens, but it's not a matter of you're going to lose every arrow, every shot. So right. I think 12 is cool for me. No, um, I, we tell everybody 12. That's what I, I agree with you. Now that being said, if you're a guy that, you know, you've got a 70 yard pin, but you really want to crank them at a hundred or 120 just for fun then yeah. bring enough arrows to do that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a dozen, I think, is a fair amount to bring. And then if you really do where you need more, well, there's going to be vendors you can buy more arrows. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, prepare it. Know your own personality. If you're a send yeah. it type of, type of dude, then, yeah, maybe bring some extra for fun. Or if you're one of those guys, which I don't understand it, that like to shoot at those steel targets. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't get it. I won't do it because I don't have the budget <laughs> for that. Well, but. just make it. Yeah, right. <laughs> make it happen. So yeah, the, just make it. <clears throat> the one big question, I guess, would be for um, just because this show is generally geared towards newer guys into hunting and, and archery and stuff. Mm -hmm. Should anyone be afraid to shoot attack event? Um, how would they not. know if they are or are not ready to shoot attack event? Well, in my opinion, you're ready. Just come out and have a good time. So the whole premise of it is come out meet with all these people. The camaraderie is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a lot of people there who uh, want to help. So there's going to be, if you feel like you're not ready and you've got some learning to do, come out and get on course and start meeting people and asking them to help you out as you learn and uh, go through the motions of getting better. But Again, uh, I mentioned this earlier, we do have courses set up that only go out to say 60 yards or 75 mm -hmm. yards or whatever. But if you're with a group that's long distance and you're not quite there yet, then scoot in and yeah. let her rip. Just shoot where you're comfortable until you, and you'll gain more and more confidence and start stretching it out a little bit. So, uh, no, um, there's nobody that shouldn't be, shouldn't come. Nobody should be intimidated by it. Uh, if you have questions about which course might be easier to walk because you have issues with hiking too far, send us an email, uh, or message on Facebook or Instagram. We'll get back to you that way. But no, I, this is, this event was created so that everyone who has an interest in archery can come have a good time and only grow. One thing too, just for guys like myself who have young kids, you guys are fully family friendly. Yes. Um, you, I, I noticed young kids were there. Um, it was cool to see, in the practice area, you had some, some little guys out there, little guys and girls shooting their little bows that, you know, the little bear starter bows and stuff. Um, so guys, don't be afraid. This doesn't have to be a guy's trip. I know a lot yeah. of us, you know, we want to bring spouses or we want to bring our kids along just like taking them hunting for the first time. Um, yeah. So don't be afraid to bring your family with, you're going to yeah, have, there's absolutely. plenty to do and it's a great way to wear your kids out. <laughs> so they yeah. go to bed on time. <laughs> Yeah, depending on the venue, like in Michigan, there's a, you, you have the little practice range for the kids, and then we have the kids' range, or the kids' yeah. course, which was off to the right of the practice range. Yeah. But uh, not all of them give us the space where we can do that. We'll always have a spot for kids to shoot at the range. That's um, awesome. But uh, absolutely. Like, they're the future of the industry, and uh, it's a good time. I, I love shooting with my kids. Um we're in a league right now, a winter league right now. Yeah. Badass archery uh, or badass outdoor gear is who it is. And they have their archery league right now. And that's been an absolute ride. I do it with my father-in-law who many of these people who have attended know him. Um, he's the one that typically runs the novelty shots. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. Uh, and then my 15 year old and we go do league once a week. 
Like get your kids into archery. It is so much fun and something a lot of us can do right in the backyard too. Right. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about this. Like I said, I know it can be for guys who have been through it. It's still the whole process until you get that you're in, you know, it can be it can be intimidating. And for for brand new guys, you know, I think it's a good it's a good thing to have a little bit of idea of what to expect through the whole process. And ultimately, guys, just remember, have fun with it. This whole thing, it is a blast. If you do get fortunate enough to get into it, you you are going to have literally the best time you've had with a bow. And for me, that includes successful hunts and everything. It's just an all-around great event. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, our crew does work really hard to try to produce events that are fun. We know we are not blind to the pain of registration. And we've tried a couple of different things that aren't working. Um, and in the end, I think creating this gate or only allowing so many people in the store at a time, and it'll clock you based on when you checked in to decide who's in line and what position. And, uh, um, I, I hope this helps. We know it sucks, but this it's part should of the game. help limit some of that. I mean, I, and we'll continue to try to open more space. Yeah. Hey, let let everybody everybody know where they can find total Ar- total. I can't talk. Let everybody know where they can find total archery challenge online. Yeah, so pretty easy. Totalarcherychallenge.com. You'll be able to go pick whatever event you're looking at. Click on that. Registration is not open right now. It won't be open until after we do that mock registration. And then you can find us on Instagram, Total Archery Challenge, and the same on Facebook, Total Archery Challenge. So, and if you guys have any questions, whatever, please reach out and uh, we'll see what we can get done, get answered for you. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. Guys, make sure you're following us over on Instagram too. That's at Antler Feather Co. That's at Antler Feather Co. on YouTube and Facebook as well. I've made it easy. Um, if you guys found value in the show today, if you feel like you learned something new, if you got um, something you can put in your arsenal and take out into the woods with you, please rate, review, subscribe, like, share, all that social media stuff. That just helps me to get the show in front of more people. And when we do that, we get great guests on the show like we had today. Um, I appreciate every single one of you guys who listen every single week. You guys are awesome. We're going to catch up with you next week. This is the Antler and Feather Co. Podcast. listening to the Antler and Feather Co. Podcast.